0: Gram, I don't hate Tom Brady. Do you hate Tom Brady?
1: Yeah, I hate Tom Brady. I definitely hate Tom huh. Brady. You got a big dream board with like... It's just got Tom Brady's Brady. head,
0: he head on the-
1: it and arrows in it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Because you're such a huge Bills fan, when was the last time you were this excited about a Buffalo Bills signal caller?
1: I would say never I've never felt this optimistic at all the future of the franchise is locked in let's talk bills i'm graham and we are coming at you after a two-week hiatus to talk about a thursday night game and eric is once again joining me how you doing man i don't know dude do the bills suck no, they don't suck. Uh, parts of them do, and at times they do. But if you if you just
0: look at the whole, I don't think they do. Do you think they do? I don't think they do, but they have sucked. Yes, you know? that's true. Especially these last two weeks.
1: Actually, if you had to say, like, when, when in this era of McDermott and Josh Allen and Brandon Bean was our best chance at winning the Super Bowl, when was it?
0: Ooh. Uh well, you're assuming then that that best window is now closed, right? Not that the window is closed, but the best window. The best part. If of you that. just
1: measure from, you know, the day they hired Brandon Bean until today, what yeah, period I'm, in that was the best shot they had? I would say two thousand twenty. And that's the year that they that make the playoffs, the but nobody year. can go. Right. And they get bounced in the AFC Championship game. They got throttled by Kansas City that year in the AFC Championship.
0: Wait. Oh,
1: 2021
0: is when they lost by 13 seconds.
1: That yeah. is, I agree. Okay. And do you know that at one point in that season, the Bills were 7-5 and five after uh, they lost to the Buccaneers in overtime? Crazy.
0: crazy, crazy.
1: So I was reminded of this this week, that actually there was a point in the greatest season in Bills in my life, the Bills, Recent
0: Bills history. They were
1: seven and five and losing terrible games. Remember, they got destroyed by the Titans on a Tuesday night game that year. Um, they were losing they lost to the Patriots that in that stretch. They had really bad games. They lost to the Jaguars like six to three. Right. And then it culminated in an awesome comeback that they eventually lost in overtime to the Buccaneers, but then they went on a tear and ultimately were the hottest team going into that game against the Chiefs and just lost on a crazy 13 seconds. So I think it's fair to put things into perspective and say, this does not make or break you, this part of the season. But it is certainly extremely frustrating that they keep stringing together poor performances. So it's been done before. They've come out of this before.
0: But it's concerning and frustrating. Well, here's the thing. I think two things can be true. Number one, there is a lot of like, I'm seeing now with all the complaints about Ken Dorsey and everything, there's a lot of revisionist history. Uh, in terms of Brian Dable's, uh, you know, heading the offense in Buffalo, and people talking about how Brian Dable was always this genius and things like that, and he had a great first year as a head coach, uh, but he also drove us crazy—at least drove me crazy—at times when he was the Bills' offensive coordinator in that season that you're talking about when they were seven and five, a bunch of stinkers on offense as well, but. I do think that this feels different than that. You know, like I can't really put myself in my the same mindset that I was in when the Bills were 7 and 5 back in 2021, but this feels different and it feels different because this roster is older. This roster is less talented and I think the schedule from here just gets harder. So for yeah, me this so
1: I agree this yeah. feels a little different. But I think it's injuries that is the
0: reason for that for sure. me. Like, well, it's, it's injuries, very, very frustrating. but also age. I mean, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, uh, they haven't been playing as well on on you know, uh, basically on on uh, the full count of the season so far. They have not played as well as they have in the past. They certainly are not playing as well as they were back in two thousand twenty-one, um, and yeah, injuries plays a role, but. When your contributors are getting older and you're not able to really replace them with any guys that have any impact behind them, then it's trouble. They basically also on offense have Stefan Diggs and then who else, right? Gabe Davis is having a good game every two games, every two weeks or something like that. Dawson Knox, until he got injured, uh, was not having the greatest season, right? It's just yeah. really bleak. I think right that now, that
1: injury, though, is like sides. I was.
0: I've been very frustrated with Dawson Knox
1: over the past couple of weeks, but I think this wrist injury must have been getting in the way for sure because he was having drops and terrible moments. And I was even texting the group and being like, "Let's what hope the heck? so. Make Let's hope play Dawson Dawson So now they're they're doing wrist surgery on him. But I do think you're right about this revisionist history because I'm looking at these box scores from 2021. So after the Bills come out of the gate with uh two losses and five wins it looks like they lose six nine to six to the jaguars if you remember that game that was terrible they only put up six Mm. points then they throttle the jets then they lose 41 to 15 at home to the colts then they lose 14 to 10 to the patriots i mean 15 points then 10 points And that's back-to-back games of low point totals. Then a game of six points against the Jaguars, like I mentioned. And in between that, you've got a game where they put up forty-five against the Jets, a thirty-one to six win over the Saints on Thanksgiving, uh, a thirty-three point or a twenty-seven point game against the Buccaneers. It feels very similar to me because that you've got these crazy high scores like we've had in these three games to start the year, and then you've got these losses where it's like the offense can't do anything right; they can't get the ball moving they can't get one first down they're just going three and out and I feel like it, it's very similar but like I said it's the defense that's gonna have a really hard time overcoming now at Oliver not even playing last week Ed sure. Oliver didn't even play so you already don't have Daquan Jones in the middle of your defensive line you already got Von Miller who's not playing I, he's off IR but he's not playing and then Trey White's gone and Matt Milano's gone and you got a rookie linebacker in there Dorian Williams really, really struggled last week. He was bad. He looked exciting at times against the Giants, but he is inexperienced and got benched halfway through this game against the Patriots. And they're just getting gashed now. The defense just can't do what they are supposed to do. They don't have the bodies. So we're going to have a discussion today about if the Bills can do anything to help fix the problems the Bills have at the trade deadline, um, which I think is Halloween night. But for me, I'm going to just keep hammer in the same point. The offense just have to you got to score a ton of points. Josh Allen's got to figure it out. Ken Dorsey's got to be consistent. I know the last time we talked, I was saying, well, maybe Ken Dorsey's, you know, got a few in the bag that he's waiting to pull out. Well, hmm. if he's got them, he better start pulling them out because enough hiding your tricks, you got to prove to us that you can score points. And the last 2 weeks have been very disappointing. Uh, so I'm losing faith in that with Ken yeah. Dorsey. But we felt the same way about da- about Brian Dable two years ago. And now we're looking back and saying, oh, it would be great if we had Brian Dable. So the book is not yet written. This part of the season does not matter as much as we feel like it does, but it's very frustrating.
0: Yeah. You know me, Graham, things get pretty bleak pretty quickly for me because I've been hurt too many times by both uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Notre Dame fighting Irish. So I'm I'm a pessimist in terms of how things could go. And that remains true right now. I like I said, I, I understand the parallels between this season and 2021 so far, but this is a far less talented team, a team that is essentially playing with a hand tied behind their back due to all the injuries on defense, like you mentioned. And uh I think this is a team that Certainly, you know, we'll we'll end up getting to the playoffs, but I don't have as high hopes for it as I, I did. I don't know if I agree ex- with you about
1: less talent. I mean, if you mean due to injury, oh, yeah. maybe. But on offense, like, we're not rolling with, you know, John Brown anymore, uh, Cole Beasley. Like, I think we've got an yeah, upgraded but receiving But Those core.
0: guys were, no. I, and the I offensive disagree. line is better. John Brown plus Cole Beasley equals... At the very least, an upgrade over Gabe Davis, and then after that, it doesn't matter because but you uh, you already you had Gabe Davis.
1: you had him anyway. So I'm comparing Cole Beasley and John Brown to yeah, that's true. Deontay well, yeah. Hardy, Gabe who- Davis,
0: Gabe Davis. I think. By season's end, we thought he was going to be a superstar wide receiver uh, at that season, right? 2021, that was his five-touchdown postseason game or something like that. Once Have you get to seen, the postseason, but at sure. this point – Have you seen no. anything close like that well, from Gabe we Davis? we know that's We've not been Gabe waiting. Davis, right? We've we been thought. waiting for two years for him to break out and stuff and, like and that. And he will and, not. He will not. Yeah. He's
1: yeah. not going to happen. That's not who he is. That was a great game. That will never happen again, probably. But I think that in terms of talent you've got on the offense, I think – Josh Allen is a – I think he's a better quarterback now than he was then. Now, at this point in the season, in the 2021 year, I agree. Definitely. He's a better quarterback now than he was then. By the end of that season, Josh was killing it. He's not killing it now. So, let's say he could be by the end of the year just like he was then. But the offensive line is better for sure. And you've got a first-round tight end. You've got Dalton Kincaid, who looked very good last week. And Dawson Knox, if healthy – Gives you a good two tight end set that you can roll out. Deontay Hardy's done some really cool stuff in limited action. And your Uh running back is better. James Cook and Latavius Murray much better than Devin Singletary. So I think that on offense, we have more talent now. Now there are injuries. The Dawson Knox thing hurts. We got more talent now on offense. On defense, we don't because everybody's hurt. That's the only reason. But other than that, I think this is a more talented roster. So can you overcome the injuries on defense or can't you? Can the offense start moving the ball? And that's on Josh. I think last week's struggles and New York struggles, a lot of it on Josh, but
0: some on Ken Dorsey as well. Okay. Well, I disagree. I, I think that the offense maybe is perhaps overall better than the offense that w- took the field in two thousand and twenty one but but we haven't seen it. You know, we've seen nothing but inconsistency from basically every single contributor on offense. Besides Stefan Diggs, and that includes Josh Allen. Um, And then, yeah, again, defense performed much better, I think, at this point in 2021 and was dealing with a lot less uh, injuries. So Uh, I say that. I mean, so they
1: also had given up, you know, 41 points to the Colts, 33 points to the Buccaneers, 21 points to the Patriots, 34 points to the Titans. Like they really had some bad games as well then, even without the crazy injuries. So to me, it feels really similar. The injuries are bad this year, but it feels very similar in that if the offense can start hitting their stride and the defense can hold themselves together, and it's not going to look great, they're not going to be the best defense in the league, but if they can hold it together in some key moments, then we'll be fine. But with the injuries, this team is not going to be the dominant force that it was at any point during the 2021 season, I don't think. It's just Josh. For me, Josh has been a problem in the first half of these last two games. He's been inaccurate. He's been making bad decisions and he may be dealing with an injury too. Um, And that has to get itself worked out because if that is a lingering problem, then you're going to be dealing with this all season. So I'm interested to see how this goes tonight. Um, To me, both of these two games, the Giants game and the Patriots game, which we can kind of lump together, are a brutal first half like watching It's like watching a soccer game, honestly. Nothing's happening. No points are being scored. Your team is just dead in the water. It's boring. And then in the second half, when everything's on the line and the game's about to be handed to the other team, Josh and Dorsey and the offense string together some awesome drives. And you're like, where has this been? Just do this the whole time. Why are we playing around with little ticky-tacky stuff and trying to wait for things to develop at the wrong moments? you got to be doing this all the time go to digs all the time and digs hasn't been perfect either, but he's made some great plays. So if they got to play the second half version of Josh Allen in the offense, every game for the whole game, instead of just waiting until the last possible second to turn on the juice. Right. Good plan. <laughs> I mean, okay. that that would be my strategy is uh, po- yeah. it better the whole time. Not just
0: at sometimes. Good, good strategy, a winning formula. I'm sure. I don't know, man like i said i i don't even want to talk about these losses because it's just making me fall deeper and deeper into my pessimist pit right now but it josh is a problem as you said and and you know like this is the reason why it's so it's like sitting on the edge of your seat watching him play because you know that all of those wild runs and things like that are eventually going to cost him. And I think they did cost him against the, who was it? it, did it in the giants. Yeah. It was a Jaguars game. Wasn't it? Yeah. I
1: think it's the Jaguars game. And he's been carrying a bit of a shoulder injury yeah. for right. a couple of weeks. And he but made like great he, throws last week, but there were throws that he
0: made that were off too. open sure, guys. Sure. He threw high plays that are often made. Like if he can't do that, then he's just not the same player. Yep. Right. So it's Agreed. kind of like, I don't know. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. I also just wonder
1: if it is an injury or if it's just poor scheme or a bad system. I was listening to Joe Marino, who does Locked On Bills, and he was saying when he reviewed the All-22, a lot of the problem was Josh identifying the defense at the line of scrimmage and trying to audible or move guys around to address whatever the defensive scheme looked like to him and doing it poorly routinely. Mm -hmm. Like The defense was disguised very, very well by Bill Belichick Frequently oh, to the point where Josh was making the wrong reads and setting himself up for failure because there were guys coming through unblocked and and it wasn't necessarily on the offensive line. So there's a lot to this that obviously is, is over my pay grade things I wouldn't notice. But guys who sit and watch the all 22 are noticing things that like it's not necessarily Spencer Brown. And even he wasn't the problem. It's the interior. Of the offensive line was really bad against the Patriots, but it's not necessarily all on them because Josh has the responsibility of moving parts before the the snap To prevent things like that from happening. By the way, James Cook, horrible, horrible pass blocker. I mean, you Mm. you wonder why Latavius Murray's on the field all the time and James Cook can run the ball and catch the ball like a maniac. Well, he can't block anybody. He he's terrible at it. He's so
0: small. He's so small. It's brutal. Like I've said, man, he's listed at like one ninety, but I bet you he's a buck seventy five. But he's buck eighty.
1: Making great plays on the ground. It's tough. You need him to do both. Sure. But he just can't. Yeah, um, it's like a tell.
0: Maybe every time he's out there, though.
1: Yeah, and that's tough too. But the nice thing is, Latavius Murray has been doing well on the ground, so uh, he can do both. But our young Buck cannot. Maybe hmm. this is a good time to talk about ways that the
0: Bills could fix their roster. Wait, real quick, because you mentioned that you know a lot of the problems from the last two weeks, and especially against the Patriots, uh, maybe fall on Josh's shoulders and perhaps lack of preparation. I don't know. There have been a lot of questions, not to say I'm I'm in this camp, but there have been a lot of questions about Josh's mindset uh, this season and people talking about how he looks kind of disconnected from it all, especially after throwing interceptions or something bad happens on offense. And uh, how much do you think he's being affected, Graham, by his recent relationship with Haley Steinfeld?
1: I'm the wrong guy to ask because I just don't know anything about that or her like maybe this is going to sound stupid to people who listen but she is not by any means a household name to me like that doesn't mean anything i guess she's a singer
0: or right singer actress man she's a dual threat she was in uh, the remake of true grit but anyway fooled me sarah so sarah I don't... c uh a loyal reader of all bill's content on the athletic posted josh's performance is obviously being affected by the sh- evil she-devil Haley steinfeld her hollywood hotness is hypnotizing him his dopamine levels are too high and his frontal lobe is in hibernation the succubus is draining him of his essential life force britney williams at least had him going to bible study huh so, this is who it's a good point from sarah c sarah Sarah. can c we get her on brings up that she can be our our resident
1: uh, medical Br- expert brings or- up some
0: good questions man
1: yeah, I think it's fair to ask. I still have questions about why that Bengals game was so bad. I blame the previous girl. I don't remember her name, but she Apparently
0: Brittany Williams broke
1: up with him the night before the Bengals game. Yeah, man. So, uh, or he broke up. I don't, you know. don't know. I don't know. We we are not uh, as up to date on the the rumors, the social. You don't come to this podcast for social media sure. gossip usually, but I suppose today is the day for that. Um, but if there's cold, hard science to back this yeah, up, she's just, saying it's his frontal lobe. I is think enlarged. we need to start including. That sounds like a problem. We need
0: to start including relationships on the uh, transaction uh, sheet each and every week, just in case, you know, so we can watch out for Josh Allen to drop Haley Steinfeld and really pick up his game.
1: Well. Let's talk about some trade possibilities, and uh, maybe we can package Haley Steinfeld with a late-round draft Ooh. pick to get some help on defense. How about that?
0: Oh, so okay. So you actually thought about terms for each of these guys that the Bills could go out there and snag to help out? Huh? I
1: didn't, but oh, okay. I, I think if if she's as a a desirable as people say she is, her Hollywood, then maybe
0: hypnotizing our star. Quarterback, Josh can, so, yeah.
1: if Josh can give her up and maybe someone on the Bears wants to date Haley Steinfeld, then we can get a guy back for
0: a little Ooh, cheaper. Okay. I think I know where you might be going with that.
1: Yes. So each no, of us- No, you don't. Because I- No? <laughs> my list of guys is a list of guys nobody's heard of. Oh, okay. uh, my, my trade candidates are people we could afford. The bills don't have money, you see. And so it's very tough to trade for <laughs> <You'll> people. <see. laughs> so what I did is I went to teams that stink, and I found guys on their defense because I really only care about fixing that right now with the trades. Ooh, and I found okay. guys who are performing all right and are cheap and that their team, that team would be fine with getting rid of because they're probably just going to rebuild and they want parts anyway. So sure. these guys are people I have not heard of for the most part. Um, you may have heard of them. I know you go deeper into these rosters than I do, but my Bears guy is probably not a guy you're going to pick.
0: Mm, okay.
1: It's not Tremaine Edmonds.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a, hope to God it isn't. spoiler alert they can't afford it nope all right so you went defense I actually went more so towards the offense I would say now that's interesting because your your
1: theory is often that the defense needs to play better right and I often come at you with forget the stupid defense let's just have the offense score more points but now you're fixing the bills dilemma in that way the way that I might argue you should and I'm doing right. the opposite. So have we just walked to opposite sides of the table here?
0: I, I, I don't know. I guess so. I, I It's really quite baffling. But my thing here is that it's not been the defense that's been at fault in recent weeks, I would say. I think it falls more on the offense, and there's something broken there, and that thing that is broken needs to be fixed. So, okay, I agree with you And there. We also agree. the defense is completely cursed. So everybody who becomes a major contributor on defense is bound to get injured.
1: And I think that's there's nothing you can do about that. Um, So my I agree with you that the problem is the offense. I think we agree there. That's the main issue. Defense, whatever. They're cursed. Do what you can with it. Hopefully stop some teams from scoring a couple points. But I just think that the way to fix the offense is to let Ten Dorsey and Josh Allen figure it out, and Mm. I think they will. I'm hoping they will because they have all of the pieces and they've done it in the past, so they should figure it out. And then I'm hoping we can maybe stop a couple of people from scoring a touchdown or two throughout the next rest 10 games or whatever by adding a few pieces to the defense. So different approaches for the same problem that we rarely agree on. But in this case, it seems like we do. Sure. Let's go with your Bears one. I'm curious. Uh, You ever heard of Jack Sanborn? Oh, linebacker. He is a linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's an undrafted second year player out of Wisconsin. And I actually think I remember talking about this guy. Maybe we picked him or something during our our mock draft. Yeah, it does Uh, sound familiar. I remember this guy, uh, but he's crazy cheap because he's an undrafted rookie and he's only in his second year, so he costs less than a million dollars and he's only 23 years old. And in the limited snaps that he has played, though he has played – You know, in every game this year, he's performed pretty well compared to the rest of the Bears' defense. His tackling is high in terms of his tackling efficiency, not a lot of missed tackles. That's been a problem for Dorian Williams lately. Um, And he's got a year of experience under his belt. He's a similar build to the uh, stereotypical Bills linebacker as well. He's the same thing. He's, you know, not huge, not crazy heavy. He's fast, but he can come down the middle and, and stop a running back. Um so he's inexperienced but he's got more experience than Dorian Williams so I say why not add another of that classic Bills linebacker to the mix while Dorian Williams watches for a little longer.
0: Ooh. All right. So I like the idea but I do not like the idea. I like the idea overall. I do not like this idea because I don't like replacing a young player whose major problem is inexperience with another player who barely has another young player who barely has, you know, any real more than more experience, uh, than Dorian Williams. If I'm going linebacker, I was thinking Josie Jewell. He's a, you recognize that name? Correct? Denver. Yep. Nice linebacker, Denver. He's in the last year of his contract. He's about 28 years old and he's a tackling machine. He's not a big guy he's not the most athletic guy, but he is a grinder. And I think if you bring in a guy like that to perhaps show Dorian Williams and maybe even Terrell Bernard, uh, how things can go without Matt Milano in the room, maybe then that would be a really great thing for the bills. And so I think you could get him, you know, the Denver Broncos are bound to be having a fire sale at some point. And because he's an older veteran, 28 years old, on the last year of his deal, I think that you could get him for peanuts. So I don't think the compensation would be much more than it would take to pry Jack Sanborn from the Bears. My
1: only thing is if you're going to get a guy who's a run stuffer, just have AJ Klein or Tyrell Dodson play all the time. Their, their trouble is coverage. You've already got a body type that's different from these
0: other guys and the bills don't want to use them. Well, he's not Josie jewel is not terrible in coverage. I don't think, you know, I mean, he can make plays on the ball. He's, he's had a couple interceptions and stuff, um, or at least had a couple interceptions last season, but I don't think he's an absolute liability in coverage. You know, fair
1: enough. I haven't watched a lot of Josie Jewell tape. I do know his name. Um, but I, I, thought there's some upside to a guy who's young as well, has that same body type that the bills clearly look for and has a year of experience gives Dorian Williams a little time. Obviously the plan was not to let Dorian Williams play yet, by the way, I think he looked really fun to watch in the game against the giants. And I was thinking like, Oh man, I hate this, but he's like kind of cool. Cause Dorian Williams is built like a truck from the waist up. His shoulders yeah. are enormous. I've never yeah. seen broader shoulders on a football player. So, uh, Big pads. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He just looks like he's like a triangle. He's got like a swimmer's body uh, almost. But uh, <laughs> My brother my brother calls it the Dorito back <laughs> or something. Yeah. Like, uh, inverted Dorito. And he made some great tackles in the game against the Giants, but the plan was not yeah, to have him and play you know what So he That's got thing. exposed like, against the Patriots.
0: I say Josie Jewell is probably an option because I think he will be on the trading block because uh, the Denver Broncos are going to be getting rid of everybody they can for capital. But... I just kind of am okay with the idea of, as I said, I think a couple of weeks ago, Dorian Williams and Terrell Bernard teaming up, making a ton of mistakes, but flying around there like two chickens with their heads cut off. I don't mind that really at all Um, and having them get all of that really valuable experience because I don't think it's going to be like they just continue screwing up week week after week after week after week. And then at the end of the season when the Bills are in the playoffs, they ultimately cost them a game. I don't think it will be like that. I think they can learn, and uh, I want to see them learn on the job. So I'm actually against adding anybody at linebacker. But if you have to, I say go with a uh, veteran to kind of show them the ropes. As I'm actually with
1: you there, too. Um, If I were Brandon Bean, I probably wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't do much at all because teams just don't anyway. But – you know, I, I think that linebackers a position that they could use some help at. So for the sake of the exercise, linebacker is something we should maybe address. Um, but sure. let's stick with the Denver Broncos because there's a big fat guy on the defensive line that I thought might be interesting. Um, mm. Mike
0: Purcell. Have you heard of him? Mike Purcell. I've heard of him.
1: He's a nose tackle carries a 1.5 million dollar cap hit, which is the most expensive player on my list, uh, oh, and wow. I think the Bills could probably trade for him. Oh. He's 32. So you're
0: really thinking about uh, cap space and stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't want the Bills to, you know, saddle themselves with a contract for years down the line that they can't afford. No, absolutely Like, not. this is not, this isn't even going to happen. They're, you're not going to have the Bills trading here, I don't think, anyway. So, um, But it's interesting to talk about what they may do. So Mike Purcell is 328 pounds. He's a nose tackle. He's played a little bit in the three gap, it sounds like, too, but... Um, he can do what Daquan Jones does, not as effectively as Daquan Jones by any means, but clearly Tim Settle and Puna Ford are not up to the task. So let's bring in a guy who is a little bit more accomplished in that area. And I think he could be that answer. Right.
0: Yep. I, I give that my rubber stamp.
1: All right.
0: Purcell. I think, you know, a uh, three, what is it called? Three technique de-tackle is something that they need in the worst way because Jordan Phillips, for as big as he is, uh, is actually more of a one technique, right? He kind of rotates more with Ed Oliver. And Ed Oliver is not the guy that you want filling in at the three because the three is usually a big space eater type dude. I think you're flipping and, one uh, and three,
1: unless I'm confused. Am
0: I? One is like a nose tackle, and then three is the... Okay, yep. Th- yeah. Did I say it? Yeah. Then either way, you want We Mike need Purcell. a fat guy, not an athletic yeah, guy. Yeah, a big space that's eater. That's right. 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 And- well, that's the thing too is I don't understand how Jordan Phillips at 32 years of age, I think he's 32, and being almost the exact same size as Mike Purcell is not an effective space eater. Well, that, what's, what's I mean, that? that's been the deal
1: with jordan phillips that's why the bills keep not signing him and then finding him again in free agency <laughs> he's he's so, never yeah. as good as he should be i uh, can't quit you but he can be there for you if you really are in a pinch and the bills are constantly really in a pinch at that position so he can do a little sure. bit of this and a little bit of that but he's not really that great at either one uh, so you're not you're not really costing yourself much if he's not in the game but if he's in the game he's you know he's fine most of the time so i'd like to upgrade that spot a little bit. Um, uh, another nose tackle that I thought might be interesting is a guy from Arizona call, named Kevin Strong. You ever heard of Kevin Strong? Ooh, No, I haven't actually. He's 27 years old, so a little younger, and he would only cost us a million dollars. He is 295 and 6'4", so he's not quite as big as our buddy Mike Purcell. The thing about Kevin Strong, though, is he's actually been playing really well on the Arizona defense compared to the rest hmm. of that team. So, um, he's a guy that you could add, wouldn't cost you much. He is an undrafted free agent from twenty nineteen, um, who, you know, is on a one-year deal that the, the Bills could just plug a hole with this year if they wanted to.
0: Sure. Nice. All right. Kevin Strong, welcome to the team. You know, when you said that you had a guy from the Bears, I thought you were gonna pick the trendy name and go with Jalen Johnson. I did not. Yeah. No. Jalen Johnson, cornerback. Um He, I think, I think he's in the last year of his rookie deal, which is why he's such an attractive name right now in the market. And he's been playing really well this season, even though he struggled in earlier parts of his career, but, uh, he's more of a cover guy. So I don't think that would be the bill's bag, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the cornerback position is not, I mean, you lost Trey white. That's a huge blow, but I didn't really focus there with my, uh, draft targets because I think they can get by with what they have and they have talented players at Besides that position. Besides
0: the fact, Kyrie stinks.
1: Yeah, but you don't need him to. Like, you still have Christian Benford who's playing fine and Dane Jackson and sure. Taryn Johnson. Like, most teams don't have three guys to fall back on that they're right, confident right.
0: in. Well, so, fine. Let's just hope Christian Benford doesn't get injured again and Dane Jackson stays healthy and Taryn Johnson just keeps killing it, you know? Yeah. But.
1: If Although Taron Johnson played Cardi pretty poorly last
0: week, but that doesn't sure. often happen. So, oh yeah, and and uh, against the Giants on the last play, huh? that was a great play. Well, yeah, it was a great play, <laughs> bad play by the refs, I guess. Yes, uh, but
1: the pass interference that put the Giants on the one yard line—that was a stupid sure, call. Sure, so, sure. Uh, take you know the good and the bad. That that was a crazy call to give them that opportunity, and then they missed
0: the actual pass interference
1: play. So, All
0: right. fair. Yeah. So. I would not say Jalen Johnson. I'm going to go with offense, though. And as you may guess, my biggest need for the Bills is somebody besides Stefan Diggs, who is consistently getting open, consistently catching the ball, and maybe a guy that can do this underneath. And you know where I'm going with this, Graham? Oh, better not be anyone expensive. (laughs) (laughs) he's a little expensive but his team is such a mess right now i think the bills could convince them to take on a large portion of his salary it's hunter renfro Uh baby i love it the pod Yeah, yeah i like hunter renfro The raiders are an absolute yeah mess and Hunter Renfro is not being used at all in this offense. Nobody is except l- Jacoby Myers. Sure. It's weird. They have yeah, DeVonte Adams and Hunter Renfro. I read something, I can't remember where it was. I wish I could give him credit, but I I uh, read something where they're talking about Jacoby Myers being a very like he must be the teacher pet, teacher's pet of all teacher's pets <laughs> because following Josh McDaniels uh, from New England and becoming his star receiver even though they've got Devonte adams it's wild but yeah hunter renfro is a guy who's had a lot of success in his career in spite of all of his physical limitations uh and he's simply not being used in this offense and it's baffling he doesn't even have uh more than 12 targets he's got less than 100 yards receiving on the season and this is after you know his first three years where he established himself as one of the most reliable Slot guys in the entire league. So I think that's exactly what the Bills need a guy who can get open and ha- is sure handed. And it's Hunter Renfro. Baby. Now,
1: Hunter Renfro is going to cost you $13 million this year, and the Bills sure. only have $5 million in cap space. So Haley sure. Steinfeld's not going to cut it. You're going to need to move.
0: Right. But, and this is something that I actually do not know. I meant to look into this, I did not. If the team. Decides if the original team decides to take on some of the, um, yeah, salary and stuff like that, does that mean that they also take on part of the cap hit or does the cap hit get transferred? No matter what. I don't think
1: you can do anything about the cap hit,
0: but if there's guaranteed money in the form of like signing bonuses or something, then maybe. Sure, sure. I know bonuses are all always covered, but I think it, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, if they agree to pay part of the base salary too, that has an effect on the cap hit. But that would
1: not be right because then you could have teams collude with each other to help a team tank and move one team's cap space in effect to be way higher than everybody else's, right? Because if Um, we want to tank, then I could just be like, all right, we're going to like retain all our players' salaries, but we're going to give them to you. And then. Right. You can have right. a cap hit that's double. But whatever. I mean, it
0: happens the opposite way too, right? Like, remember when the Browns took on Brock Osweiler's uh, salary, but didn't?
1: But still, both teams are staying
0: within the cap
1: space, though. With that, they just are a team yeah. that hadn't yeah, yeah, yeah. hit the cap floor yet. So let's take on these crazy contracts because we can afford to. And this other team that needs to get under the cap ceiling can do that, and we can work together. But I'm saying, like, right. if if the Arizona Cardinals right now wanted to collude with the Chiefs the Arizona Cardinals could send the Chiefs all their good players, but pay for those deals and the Chiefs could have a, you know, a roster that's being paid twice what everybody else. I, that doesn't seem fair to me, but
0: I do have a, yeah, I have a guy that so I have a similar
1: I, uh, plan for in terms of salary okay.
0: retention. Well, just real quick. I, I, although Hunter is at 13, I think if I'm not mistaken, he his cap hit is 13 million. If the bills were to trade for him, that entire 13 million cap, it would not transfer because of the subtractions of the bonuses and everything that the Raiders would still be on the hook for. And I don't know, but I think there's another way they can work to lower that, which is within the league rules, but I'm not possible. That's probably right.
1: And I wonder if there's a way to do like a, I don't know. I wonder if Track has a tool where you can set up a, a trade and see what really happens there. Yeah. Yeah, Anyway, that'd be interesting, and I'd like to add a piece like that to the offense. But I will say Deontay Hardy has made some sweet plays. I know I said it earlier, but he had a a first down the other day against the Patriots. I think it was. The Josh threw to him in space, and he caught the ball and immediately spun out of a tackle. And then another tackler coming across the field was coming his way, and he just stopped and sent the guy flying. And he picked up a first down on a play that was like third and six just by making two crazy jukes. Like... It was yeah, really that's impressive his game.
0: That's his thing. Like, I mean, he was an I think a pro bowl returner at one point in his career. Right. And if you get that guy, the ball in space, he's going to do something awesome with it. But that's the problem. Either the bills have not been able to scheme him open or Josh is not throwing it to him, or he just doesn't know what the hell he's doing on offense, but it has not worked for Deontay Hardy up to this point in the season outside of a cool, a few cool plays. So, give me a guy who's open on every single down. That's Hunter yeah. Renfro. Who's cool. the other guy you were thinking uh, of?
1: I got a linebacker named Aziz Alshair. Uh Okay. You don't like this guy?
0: No, I don't like linebackers, oh. man. Like I said. Well, but the thing with this guy Dordian is Williams and Terrell Bernard. He's a starting linebacker
1: for the Tennessee Titans. Ton of experience. He knows what he's doing. He's 26 years old. He only costs a million dollars because a lot of his salary is um, signing bonuses. And his base salary is only a million dollars, but altogether his cap hit ends up being like almost three million. So you could get Tennessee Mm -hmm. to keep that stuff, maybe, and throw in a higher round draft pick. You're only paying him a million dollars, and he
0: can be a starting linebacker for the rest of the year. Right? Okay, not bad. The Titans are certainly, it seems, sellers right now because they just parted ways with Kevin Byard, their uh, longtime playmaker at the safety position they traded him to the eagles yep. right for like mid-round picks and a player which is quite interesting seems like they're ready to uh, part ways with some contributors and maybe your boy aziz al shair is one of i'm gonna players.
1: sound real smart if he shows up on the bills roster yeah right but I, would I actually thought you were going to say DeAndre Hopkins before. when you were listing a receiver who is always no. open. I was like, that no. would be nuts.
0: Too old, too expensive, and uh, yeah, man, he's, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure he could play the slot, but I'm looking for a guy who's uh, either going to be able to play the slot or who's young, and my next guy fits, yeah, the young aspect of that. Ter- uh, Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall is languishing. In a putrid Carolina Panthers offense, and he was a second round pick. Wait, is this is this Terrence round.
1: Marshall, the former LSU receiver?
0: Isn't it Terrace Marshall? I thought it was I'm pretty Terrence. sure it's Terrace Marshall. Terrace, as in like nope. a patio, like Terrace. Yep, there is not an N to be found in his oh first name. Oh my so I've there's been a, saying this dummy's yeah. name
1: wrong for two years. I know who you're talking
0: about, though. <laughs> uh, I remember uh, him
1: when he was coming out of the draft. Right, he's LSU. Sure, yeah. Am I right about that?
0: LSU. He was yep, a stud yep. in college. He was the you're right. He was the third guy behind Jamar Chase and uh, Justin Jefferson, and then kind of took over the show on his own. As I said, high second round draft pick by the former regime of the Carolina Panthers, and has done nothing. He there were high high hopes for him heading into this season, but so far he's got 114 yards on 16 catches, uh, hasn't even been targeted 30 times. And I think this is a guy who could benefit greatly from a change of scenery. And he's only 23 years old. I believe his contract is controlled for another two years. Well, year after this one. And his cap hit right now, $1.5 million. Boom.
1: I like that one. You put your stamp of approval on my Mike Purcell. I give you old Patio Marshall. Bring him to the Bills.
0: <laughs> Come on over. I like that. Patio Marshall. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how he would do in the slot. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was the LSU Tigers slot guy when they had Jamar Chase and uh, Justin Jefferson. I'm not positive about that, but uh, he's got familiarity with Joe Brady, who was on the Bills coaching staff. Uh, He was the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, for the LSU Tigers in their championship season. And I think it would just be good for everybody. you know. And I don't know that he would – necessarily command uh, a lot of draft capital in return i think the i believe the panthers are ready to move on from him
1: yeah i'm with you there i like it um i have one more guy who's a potential trade candidate go for it and this is the only guy on my list who is a cornerback because i felt like it is a position that you never know you could Mm. get um, a trade for that. Uh, this one may be unattainable, though, because I think the Washington Commanders are going to have a bit of a fire sale here. Uh, it sounds like okay. their whole defensive line is maybe on the trade block, but the guy I want to target is Benjamin St. Um He's hmm. a starting corner having a great season, and he only costs $1.1 $1. $1 million right now. He's 26 years old, uh, former third-round pick from two years ago, and just playing great. So This is a guy that you could plug in and not have to worry about Kyrie Elam. You could just have him play for you. It might cost you a lot because he is a starting corner who's young, has a lot of value, and he'd be on your team for a little while. This is probably not like a just plug him for one year kind of deal, but this right, is right. my
0: corner option if you're going to do it. All right. Benjamin St. Juice. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Um. Sure. I'd be okay with that. and He comes from the Ron Rivera defense, which you imagine has to be quite similar to what Sean McDermott runs, maybe the, uh, you know, ramp up to getting game ready in a bills uniform wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah. I'll go with that. Um,
1: all right. That's it. That exhausts my list. So what else do you have? Yeah,
0: no, I mean, I had, um, those two receivers were, Mainly my thing. And then I got Josie Jewel if we wanted to go linebacker. Right. Uh, I like Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin is dealing with an injury right now. He's another Carolina Panther who... Corner? uh, Jeremy... He was a high draft pick. He was a second round pick. Yep. He's like a linebacker, defensive back, hybrid sort of dude, playmaker on defense. He's only 25 years old, but he's currently suffering from a quad injury. That's the only problem. So, uh, he's perfect for the Bills. <laughs> <I know, right? laughs> it's right in. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you can get him, though, on the cheap. This yeah. is a guy he that won't could... miss a
1: step. We'll miss as many steps as the rest of the Bills do. Well,
0: but... hey, let, let our linebacker duo run around like chickens with their heads cut off for, for a few weeks and then Jeremy Chin gets back in action. He's a, he's a baller man. But, is that it for your trade candidates? I was thinking of some dudes too that I don't want under any circumstances, ah. one of which is Jerry Judy, who's Ooh, been yeah, mentioned yeah, in trade talks for like the last three years, I feel uh. like. Yeah. And he just seems like the worst. I don't know if you saw his spat with Steve Smith recently. Yeah, well I didn't see it, but I saw uh, my my social media
1: awareness goes as far as Bleacher Report. So if Bleacher Report okay. will talk about it, then I will I will get a bit of the news. And I did see that. Um but I just think he's constantly he he is the exact you know what you describe when you think of a guy who's got potential and just cannot realize it and every single year everybody says this is going to be his year he's going to break out he's finally going to be good and he never ever 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 does and i don't blame the broncos i think he just isn't good
0: enough so i don't yeah. want him yeah i don't want him either i also do not want um and this i've heard from several places i want him for this season i don't want him in general that is Derrick Henry oh God. yeah I don't want Derrick Henry I I'm torn because I think Derrick Henry could help the Bills out this year but um, I don't know if they would be out on the hook for him next year he's got a big contract yeah he's we can't have a lot Derek of money and he's, <laughs> yeah he's gonna be a year older but he was a guy that we were talking about even this off season. maybe you know, the bills trading for. He's going to cost
1: you $16 million. So you thought Hunter Renfro yeah. was a problem. Yeah. That's a lot of Haley Steinfelds. That is a lot.
0: What? <laughs> is she a measurement of
1: wealth now? I don't know. I don't really know who the woman is, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, don't,
0: I think you're having trouble grasping the concept. Is she not of, a currency? Uh, Haley okay. Steinfeld. Uh, another guy that I heard trotted out there that I don't know how I feel about. Well, I do know how I feel about him. It's Paris Campbell, and he is always, always injured. He's currently on a one-year deal with the New York Giants, but he signed with them after an injury-plagued career in Indianapolis. So I'm yeah, well aware of him and his non-availability. Uh, so I would not want the Bills to trade for him, even though I have heard his name trotted out, trotted out as a as a potential get for some teams.
1: All right. Well, we've we've decided and agreed on a couple guys then that make some sense for us. We got yeah. cornerback Benjamin St. Juiced. You seem you to like to call, that idea. Uh,
0: do you want to call Brandon or should I?
1: Uh, why don't you? I think okay. you're more the GM type. I'm All right. uh, in the past, you know, I yeah, sort you of You did I, say some pretty hurtful
0: things about him when we sort of took on the roles of these guys.
1: Yeah, he doesn't talk to me anymore. Yeah. But Benjamin St. Juiced, I think is a good option. And Terrace Marshall and then Mike Purcell. So we can fix this team and all it's going to cost us is about $3 million. And the bills can fit that right under their, their, uh, their salary cap space. The way we are, we don't even have to yeah. move anybody off this team.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So wait a Super second. Bowl wait a second. Attained. Last question. If one of the, the, if one of these three players and their teams demand a player for player trade, who do you trade? Uh, Who's your hmm. go-to? Like, okay, you guys can have this guy.
1: Well, that's with really the tough, that like, they'll take it. Yeah, okay. Um, I would like you to take. Uh, forget the guy's name. Who's this stupid guy who keeps playing in games and stinks? <laughs> Kendall Vickers. <laughs> oh wow! For I want to give up Vickers, Kendall Vickers straight. <laughs> He's been dressed for the last two games and. He's just an ineffective defensive lineman, so he's my answer. But a serious answer, like you could probably package. I would be okay with you shipping out Kyer Elam if he's worth something to a team. That's waiting for. I was wondering if you would. Yeah, no, that's fine by me. Like I, I don't think you can definitively say he won't be a good NFL player yet, but he still is a guy who was a first round draft pick who might have some value as far as other teams might be concerned. So Hmm. maybe him. Um, But positions where you've got an excess, you don't have a lot of that right now.
0: No. I was thinking maybe defensive end, but I like all the guys they have. You could maybe give
1: up one of Tim Settle or Puna Ford if you're bringing in a new guy like that. Nobody
0: would take those two.
1: Yeah. It's not great.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well,
1: uh, I don't know, man. Damar Hamlin, one of these three. Maybe guys. teams, maybe some teams want Demar Hamlin.
0: Yeah, for the story. Yeah, maybe. I'd they trade Damar Hamlin. Rapp Probably be wouldn't be a popular decision so far. Yeah,
1: I think you need him though, because you got two geriatric safeties that you never know what's right. going to happen. You need depth. Yep, yep, and neither of us want to see Cam Lewis out there at safety again. Never that. (laughs) Don't say that name around around me or this podcast. All right, should we talk a little bit about the Buccaneers game here before we end
0: this thing? Sure, let's do it. Want to go position by position? Yep. Do we know yet? I don't know if Baker Mayfield's going to be playing. I think he's still listed as questionable, right?
1: Let's see. Baker Mayfield, leg, questionable. Yep, so... Who's to say, I sure hope it's Baker because he's kind of fun to watch.
0: I like Baker. Yeah. He's a sympathetic character. <laughs> uh, Dude, I think it's amazing how, real quick on Baker, I think it's amazing how the Browns paid $230 million guaranteed to that creep Deshaun Watson. And basically what they got for all that money and all the draft capital that they gave up, is a lesser version of Baker Mayfield. Because that's unquestionably what he has been. If you look at all the advanced metrics and things like that, Deshaun Watson has been not good. And Baker Mayfield is about average, like he's always been. There are times when he looks better than average. There are times when he looks worse. But, yeah, the Browns just tripping over themselves, shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over again. Yep. Gotta love it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, I like Baker, though. I do not like him as much as Josh Allen. And so, for that reason, I'm going with the Bills. If uh, Baker Mayfield doesn't play, who plays? Is it Kyle Trask? I think it's Kyle Trask, yeah. I don't even know that they have a third quarterback on the roster right now.
1: Yeah, and he has not played at all this year. So,
0: um, he hasn't played at all ever, I feel like. Kyle Trask was drafted to be a statue type quarterback prospect behind uh uh tom brady and yeah he's done nothing so we don't know anything about him
1: they also have a man named john wolford in their quarterback room so oh,
0: i know john wolford john wolford played for the rams i believe he started a playoff game for the rams Whew, all
1: right good on you uh i take the bills even though josh Allen's struggled a little bit lately He's much better than anything that the Buccaneers have to offer at that position, so
0: i take Josh Allen. Okay, we agree. Going on to running back, this is real sad. The <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers depth chart is it's Rashad White, Keyshawn Vaughn, and these are both guys that I feel have been pumped in fantasy football for years, it feels like, and neither of them are any good, really.
1: Yeah, uh, Rashad White tops out this season. He's played in every game. He has a total of 266 yards. Um, and, like and
0: less than four yards per carry, right? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, three. Three oh. yards per carry.
1: Okay. Yep. so oh. um, their running backs are not very good at all. Our running backs are like a mixed bag because they all do different things really cool. Uh, James Cook is great at running the ball, and and he made a sweet play last week where he caught the ball and then beat the defender to the edge to get a first down. He does some awesome stuff, but he can't block worth crap. So Latavius Murray is good at that. And um, between those two, I would take the Bills' backfield compared to what Tampa has to offer.
0: All right. Fair. So we agree. Wide receiver, um, I believe that Chris Godwin is dealing with an injury right now. I don't know exactly what his deal is, but I, I'm i thinking he's questionable, mm, right? Uh, let's see.
1: I got out of that menu. Um, Chris Godwin is yes, on the injury report as questionable with a head injury. Yeah,
0: I think head, neck, something like that. Yeah.
1: Um, Not Good. So he's he and Mike Evans have been great receivers for the Bucks, especially when they had Tom Brady. Um, So those are two pretty good options. One and two. Mike Evans is what you wish Gabe Davis was. He's just the big Mm. body. He wins the down the field plays. He always wins the 50 50 ball and he can also get some separation once in a while against a corner one on one. So uh, he's awesome, better than Gabe Davis. Neither of them is as good as Stefan Diggs, though. Stefan Diggs is a cheat code. So I think I take what the Bills have because Chris Godwin, um, speedy guy, starting to get up there in age. Mike Evans, same deal, starting to get up there in age, big body guy. But then behind him, behind those two guys, it's Trey Palmer, Devin Tompkins, Russell Gage. I don't think that what they have Russell Gage to offer on IR. Oh, is he on all right? So then it's uh yeah, yeah, Cephas out. Johnson the third. Uh so I take the bills because I like I've mentioned a couple times, I like what we've seen out of some of the depth receivers from the, and Baby Legs has looked kind of good lately too. Shakir has mm. made a couple plays. They're getting him involved a little bit more often. So if Josh can be more consistent, I think the receiving game can be very, very good. So give me the bills. Mm. Okay.
0: Fair enough. I, I, I know it's not Baby Legs' fault, but for some reason i blame him against the uh i believe it was against the jaguars when they were going for two and josh threw him a pass that was behind him that got i don't know if it was picked or broken up but it was the two point conversion that they did not convert because josh just gave a terrible throw to mm. Khalil Shakir I'm somehow blanking on this
1: but Shakir did yeah. have an awesome touchdown against the raiders that he went over the middle and yeah sure uh it was a great play by josh actually but um so you know he's doing his thing but uh deontay hardy and baby legs a good backup receiver option in
0: my Mm -hmm. mind okay well we disagree but overall i do not um yeah i do not choose the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bills have the better receiver core, especially if Chris Godwin is out. And it pains me to say that because I have been obviously very critical of the Bills wide receiver room this season outside of Stephon Diggs. But actually Gabe Davis has a pretty similar stat line to Mike Evans if you look at both of them. They're averaging about the same in terms of yards per catch. They have the same exact amount of touchdowns. Mike Evans has caught a few more balls and therefore has more yards. But Pretty similar. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So we both give it to the bills in the wide receiver position. Tight end. Tight ends. Another woofer from me at the, uh, for the Tampa Bay bucks, because they got two guys I've literally never heard of before. One Cade Otten sounds like a country singer and Payne Durham also sounds like a country (laughs) singer. Actually.
1: Yep. Uh, it looks like Cade Otten gets the bulk of the workload here, but you know he still has only he's got 18 catches on the year for under 150 yards. Um, then you compare that to the Bills, Dalton Kincaid, almost 200 yards, and we say the Bills don't even use him. So that's that's a guy that we wish the Bills used
0: more uh oh yeah i do like how they use him last week yeah seemed too little too late
1: and i think that you'll get a lot more of him now that dawson knox is going to be gone for a while and i even like quentin morris he had a sweet touchdown against the giants so um i like the bills they
0: got a good tight out, end group though. quentin morris is out isn't he
1: uh he's questionable to play but i think he'll oh, play okay. he missed the last game but i think he'll play in this game if not well, who do we yeah. even have who's who's know, our fourth right? re- uh tight end anybody know fourth or brandon tight end. no idea <laughs> uh joel wilson <laughs> so you might get a little bit of him and you know reggie gilliam can do that kind of stuff too right. so who knows all right we both give it to the bills though
0: at tight end yep. regardless so Offensive far we line oh i'm not qualified Offensive. to matt filer <sighs> is out for the tampa bay buccaneers but the tampa bay bucks have been like quietly pumping draft capital into their offensive line they have two second round picks they have a third round pick and then they have a top 15 pick in tristan Wirfs. tristan Wirfs, of course one of the i would think premier left tackles in the league he started on the right side but he switched over to the left after they let go of donovan smith Think it was and he's been by all accounts as rock solid on the left side as he has as he was on the right and i have heard of cody mock their uh uh guard but i don't know if it's because he's got a wild headshot where he's like missing both of his front teeth and maybe i've huh. seen him because of that before but i do know robert Hanzy. robert Hanzy played at notre dame he is their center and Um, maybe good, not great. Don't know for sure, but I like how the bills have been playing overall, uh, from an offensive line perspective. I don't think all the, uh, pressure and, and mistakes that Josh has been made making is entirely due to them. I think Josh has been bailing out of the pocket recently and stuff like that a little too early. And making them look bad, but I give it to the Bills on the offensive
1: line. Yeah, uh Tristan Orfs is a good tackle. Other than that, it's a mixed bag, and the Bills offensive line has been pretty good this year, but the interior did struggle mightily last week against Christian Barmore and yeah, the Patriots uh, defensive line.
0: Osiris Torrance has leveled off a little bit after What we both, I think, thought was a strong start from him.
1: And that's to be expected. Uh, He's a rookie. He's going to have some highs and some lows. But um, I'll take the Bills here, too, because I, in general, have liked what I've seen from the offensive line. Fair enough.
0: All right. Take us to the defense, Graham.
1: All right. On the defensive line. We're stuck here. Um, I hope Ed Oliver's back. Because if Ed Oliver's not back, then I don't know how many defensive lines I would pick the Bills over. Um, but the Buccaneers have a similar problem. They have an interior defensive lineman who they rely heavily on who's not going to play in this game or questionable, Vita Vea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So without him, that hurts their defensive line a little bit. Uh, i Still like Greg Rousseau, I like what we have on the edge. I think in this game, Von Miller, this is a wild prediction, but I think he's going to play a lot because when the player came off of the injured reserve, it basically said you have to activate him within the first three weeks. Otherwise, they would have left him on injured reserve, and they took him off injured reserve, and he didn't really play at all in the Giants game or the Jags game, and he didn't really play at all in last week's game. So this is the last week where him playing would be a reason why you took him off injured reserve when you did. Otherwise, he should have just been still on injured reserve this whole time. So if Von Miller's ready to go and they really did time this thing correctly, then the Bills' defensive line is better. Um, The only part of the Buccaneers' defensive line who I think is impressive and the Bills are going to have trouble with is uh, edge rusher um, Shaq Barrett, who's a pretty impressive edge rusher and he's going to give the bills some trouble but other than that um i like what the bills have in the defensive line so these guys actually have a couple guys who i've drafted in mock drafts over the past couple years who are not doing well on the defensive line kalijah cansey is a guy who i definitely picked in our mock draft last year and Mm. uh, joe treon i think you picked in our mock draft two years ago both struggling mightily and playing on the buccaneers defensive line
0: Well, Kalijah Canty was dealing with an injury. I know that earlier in the season. I don't know what Joe's deal is. Uh, He's got three sacks on the season, but maybe he's just one of those guys who kind of gets lucky and has the quarterback run into him. Who knows? Has he been that bad, Joe Trion? Yeah, he's
1: been a liability, and I think it seems mostly like as a rush defender, he's leaving gaps all over the place. um, But, yeah, he's got a couple sacks. Still grading as a bottom half
0: edge rusher in the NFL. Interesting. Yeah, it all, you know, hinges on Vita Vea's ability because he is a unicorn in this league. He's a huge guy who both eats up space and gets to the quarterback. And if he's not healthy, then this Tampa Bay Bucs defensive line, <clears throat> you know, becomes below average to say the least. So I give it to the Bills here, even though I have a lot of concerns about the availability of Ed Oliver and whoever they have to uh, fill in for Daquan Jones this week. So, so far, a Bills sweep.
1: Is it? line? Yeah, oh, we haven't oh, picked yeah, the, so. the Bucks for a single thing yet. Uh-huh. Uh, linebacker, I guess I'm going to give it to the Buccaneers here. This is where the sweep ends. Uh, Levante, David, and Devin White are a well known pair of linebackers. Um, Devin White had a really good season a couple of years ago and was like, you know, everybody was saying how great he was and how he was going to get White a huge stinks. contract. But he stinks. He's yeah, bad. he's not good. Uh, but Levante David is a very good linebacker who's oh, yeah. been in the league for a long time. So he's 33. He's been doing it forever. Consistently one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And the Bills don't have that at all in the linebacker
0: room. So I'm going to give him the me to do that because. I think uh uh who do we just say? Devin White. Yeah, Devin White is awful. And his coaches talk about him being awful. And he became a big deal. I believe it was during their Super Bowl run. He became a big deal and, and he was talking very loudly and you know making big plays and stuff. But since then he's just been not good. Levante David, though, as you mentioned, I think believe he could be in contention to be a future hall of famer. He doesn't have the stats, but like year in and year out, people regard him as one of the best linebackers in the game. And uh, it has become a little bit of the hall of very good. So I could see him yeah. making a case for the hall of fame uh, a few years from now. For that reason, I got to give it to the Bucks as well, even though I really don't like Devin White and think he's bad. Right. So the Bucks hurts get me. one. It hurts me. It really does. Yeah. All right. So secondary, secondary as a whole, we've got Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis, a guy who dealt with a lot of burnage early on in his career, but he's leveled off, I think, as a pretty solid uh, cornerback. And Jamel Dean as well, you know, they're not awful, Awful. neither of these guys, and they're big, too. They're like 6'1", 6'2", over 200 pounds. They look like, I don't know, big free safeties or something out there when they're playing. And then they've got Antoine Winfield Jr., who uh, maybe similar to Devin White, was a bigger name early on in his career. He, he came in as an impact rookie. I think he's dealt with injuries and a little bit of inconsistency since then. But – from everything I've heard or read, he's been playing really well this season, I think. So yeah. I'm gonna give the secondary as a whole to the Bucks. And Ooh. Ryan Neal plays too.
1: Oh, I'm not gonna give it to the Bucks. Um Jamel Dean not having a very good season in coverage, but Carlton Davis the third having a decent year. They also are getting some production from Zion McCollum, who's been playing a lot. Maybe he's their slot guy or something like that. Um, yeah, and Christian that right. Isian or Izzyan. Uh, None of these guys, I don't think, with maybe the exception of Carlton Davis, is having as good a season as either Taron Johnson or uh,
0: Christian Benford. So I like Christian Benford's been injured, dude. um, Are you sure he didn't play last week? No, he, he played. He's, I think, played. He definitely played last week. He might have even played against the Giants, but I mean, it's a very small sample size.
1: Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm saying I like him in coverage better than either of these guys. All right. Fair enough. Um, I also like Kevin Dane Jackson. So I think our cornerback
0: group certainly rivals <laughs> the what? I thought you said Kevin Dane Jackson. Having Dane Jackson. <laughs> I don't know why it just made me uh, chuckle. Kevin Dane Jackson.
1: No, I, I like our cornerback group. I stick to that. I know that Kyrie Elam is struggling, but I like yeah. the Bills corners. And our safeties are absolutely better than the safeties that Tampa is bringing to the table. Antoine Winfield is fine. He's good. But Ryan Neal, their other safety, having a brutal year. Yeah, and, he's not been good. And both of our safeties are good. Uh, Micah Hyde, great at times. Jordan Poyer, great at times. Yes, the age is starting to show a little bit, but still a very, very good safety tandem. So give me the Bills secondary.
0: I kind of wanted to give it to the Bucks too, just because like I get uncomfortable when I see the Bills winning too many positions. I know we just gave it to them at linebacker, but I really like uh, uh, Antoine Woodfield Jr. So, Special teams though, I'm going to hmm. give this to the Bucks too, because Tyler Bass, your boy... Has been brutal. Oh, and Chase McLaughlin is indeed uh, he has much more consistent at this point in the season.
1: Yes, I think I agree with you there. Tyler Bass having a very rough year, um, <clears throat> missing three field goals. Now, where are we at three
0: field goals? Three, yep.
1: two in. Yeah, two, in, two games ago and one last week. Uh, the one last week was actually insane. The wind just yanked that thing. But Tyler Bass has been wide right on his last three field goals, or, or three of the last field goals in the last two games. So, um, yeah, I'm unimpressed with him right now. I still think T-Bass can bounce back. He's always been very good, but he's in a slump. So give me the Buccaneers. Jake McLaughlin and who is their punter? He's averaging 52.9 Jake yards
0: per punt right now. That is not nothing. And he's doing it on 27 punts. That's If you say so. Damn, good on him. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Let's not talk about punts any Uh, longer. What about coaching? I'm not into the uh, Bulls-assance, the Todd Bulls experience. And for that reason alone, I'm going to give it to Sean McDermott, even though I haven't been happy with, you know, because, yeah, we can complain, moan and complain about uh, Ken Dorsey all we want, but the buck really stops with Sean McDermott, too. Yeah, it
1: definitely does. He's got to take responsibility for what's been happening.
0: Is it just me also? And my brother pointed this out as well when we were speaking about it this week is it just me or does it seem like Sean McDermott probably has a zero win percentage on challenges hmm yeah we don't win
1: challenges and Sean McDermott's value for a timeout is zero uh, like he yeah. treats timeouts like old dirty socks just throwing them away he doesn't care if there's even a shred of a chance that he might win on a challenge, he's challenging. First play of the game, whatever. Get these timeouts out of here. We don't want them. We don't need them. No respect at all for timeouts. <clears throat> there was something else he did that I thought was crazy and stupid in the last game that I was frustrated by,
0: but I can't think of it at the top of my yeah. off the top of my head. Wasn't a challenge. Either way, I'm going to give it in spite of all of this to Sean McDermott because, as I said, Todd Bowles. Oh, delay of yeah. games. How are we getting
1: delay of game penalties? Who's just watch the f- play clock and someone, if not the players on the field, someone on the sideline go, "Uh oh, it's at two, it's at one. We're s- we still got men in motion. Timeout, please use it." Then, yeah. Why are we saving them when we're gonna we're about to take a penalty and throwing them away at challenges? We're never gonna win. Good
0: question, man. It's frustration, and yet we still give it to the Bills, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Okay. What is your game score prediction?
1: Oh, I'm just going to keep predicting that the Bills finally get right. So, <laughs> 31, <laughs> 31 to 20 to 17. Bills.
0: I also have this as a get right game, and I have it at 38 21. The Bills are going to go wild on offense this week. Oh, that's right.
1: Um, another thing we have to point out is that the survivor pick'em is done. Oh, yeah. I came out ahead. I was
0: gonna, I was gonna say something, but if you want to pat yourself on the back,
1: it's yeah, fine. I do. Thank you. I'll just All take right. the bull by the horns here. I got my first win in three years of doing this. This is my first time that I've come out ahead in this game, and uh, I'm gonna take a victory lap and just keep picking them and see how long I can go here. So last week I took Seattle. I think right is that who I texted you because the system yep. won't let yeah. me keep taking them. Um,
0: so give me Baltimore this week and we'll see if I can keep this thing rolling. Congratulations. I know how it feels. It feels really good. Like you really accomplished something. So yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you could get to experience that for once. Yeah. I'm proud of myself. Yeah, you should be. Uh, other point of news, Graham. We did mention that Dawson Knox, uh, is injured went on an IR and the bills have elevated Josh Norman and Andy Isabella. <laughs> so really some, i thought he was just gonna sit on the practice yeah wow, we wow, can see some right. interesting stuff uh this weekend or tonight actually
1: i just picture him getting ragdolled by derrick henry when i oh, think God. of josh norman
0: <laughs> yeah i know me too yeah all right so that's it everybody thank you very much for your patience uh and for yes coming back to us after our two-week hiatus and go bills go bills We'll